You're listening to the Built Shaves Podcast, presented by Midco Sports. The calendar tells us, at least, that spring is here, and Midco Sports has the spring sports scene covered, from Summit League softball and baseball to high school track and field and more. Watch all the action on Midco Sports or streaming on Midco Sports Plus. This is how we do sports, and this is the Built Shaves Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Bill Shaves Podcast. We're taping this on a Tuesday morning, the 28th of March, alongside Bill Shaves. I'm Alex Heiner. Bill, we're joined by special repeat guest to the pod today, the one, the only general manager of Ralph Engelstad Arena, Jody Hodgson. It's always hey. special, Alex, when we have a repeat guest. It really is. So, I mean, let's start there. We haven't figured out in our archives whether Jody's been on twice now or three times, but we'll get we'll get our research analysts on that. I tell you what, thanks uh, thanks for having me. We appreciate you being here. I know the, the busy season for Jody, in one sense, has wrapped up. The ticketed events inside the Ralph are now more or less come to a close. But that doesn't mean he's not a busy guy. It's always looking ahead for this man. So we're going to chat about uh, things that have happened, things that are yet to come in the world of the Ralph Engelstad Arena and and all sorts of different things happening with UND Athletics. So uh, let's start there, Jody. We, we kind of do... The uh, the look back now, this is kind of that time of year where you look back over the year that was. It was a busy year, again, for the REA and for you and your staff. Just talk about things that your team accomplished and what we saw in this past calendar year for the REA. Yeah, you know what? I think it was, as you just said, I think it was a great season. There's a, there's a lot of positives that can be drawn from it. You know, the, the North Dakota hockey program, again, led the NCAA in both average attendance and total attendance and the... Uh, the support that we were uh, able to garner from our from our fan base just continues to kind of blow me away, and we're so lucky to have the support that we do. When you you talk about our attendance for our hockey program, but also really saw some good signs in the Betty as well, right? Our basketball program's attendance grew as our teams uh, built toward the Summit League tournament here at the end of the year, and our volleyball program turned the corner last year and. Certainly uh, had a really good year on the court and had a good year from a fan standpoint as interest built as their season went again. So, yeah, it was a really good year. We uh, touch wood. We were lucky. We didn't have any uh, COVID delays or weather uh, changes that caused us to miss any games or anything this year. So, in a in the in the big picture, it was a really good year. Hey, Jody, um, talk about uh, again. We uh, we had a destination game. And uh, it was amazing the turnout of uh, of our fan base. It's just like you said, it, it never ceases to amaze. No, really, uh, probably one of the highlights for the year, certainly, right, was we had 14,400 people in the building at T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas there at the end of October. And just incredible again to see, right, to see that report that shows people from 47 states and six Canadian provinces and multiple countries that traveled and what those games have become in terms of a, a reunion or a, a place for North Dakotans to gather, um, really special. And I think when you talk about college athletics and maybe more specifically college hockey, it's so unique and so so different compared to what most of our colleagues are dealing with that uh, it's really special and that shouldn't be lost in all this. So, Jode, uh, I will... I'll ask you, uh, let's rewind the clock about 10 months ago. Uh, your your group, your 
leadership group and and athletics leadership group were were talking about fighting hawk sports partnerships and and kind of the corporate selling game and and with that came also uh, an RFP into the world of radio and uh, linear television and beyond uh, and so uh, a couple of those things kind of uh, all hit last year and we kind of have worked through the first year of that and so from your perspective how uh uh how is this year gone and then looking forward into that realm uh what do you see in your crystal ball yeah i think uh i think the first year of what i would call the new endeavor or the new business enterprise has gone really really well and you know kudos to your staff some of those things all lined up right we had a expiring contract with a third party that uh was our multimedia rights holder in the past. And we had TV agreements and radio agreements. So it really gave us an opportunity uh, to wrap our arms around it all. And really the basic premise there was, hey, uh, we've got UND Athletics, we've got Ralph Engelstead Arena, and we've uh, we've got our, our projects that are all going on in multimedia rights realm. And we said, hey, I think we're better together uh, than we are apart. So to pull all that under one umbrella, I think has been a real positive. And I think what it allows us to do, it allows us to collaborate and it allows us to be more efficient in our relationships with uh, corporate partners. You know, I think we're able to go to a corporate partner in the community and say, hey, you want to be in the Alaris Center? You want to do football? You want to do hockey? You want to be in the Ralph? You want to be in the Betty? You know, you want to be on radio? What do you want to do? We've got the ability now to tailor packages for people and create packages that allow them to have access to the breadth of our inventory and really do it in a collaborative way. So it, it's gone really, really well on the corporate partnership front and uh, really happy with that and looking to grow that next year. I think certainly year one was was all about taking care of current customers and getting current customers on board with what we're doing and now we seek to be a little more aggressive with some new business development and chasing down some new prospects. So that's gone really well. I think Paul Ralston's done a great job on the radio front, the Fighting Hawks Sports Network. Um, that's gone really well here in year one of our combined enterprise and our affiliates and our relationship with iHeartMedia has been a real positive one and everything's been great there. And then I think the third part, or we, we refer to the three legs on the stool, right? The third part of that is our TV partner, Alex and his crew at Midco Sports. And Midco's just been awesome with the content that they've created for us and the partnership that they have. And um, I think it's a great example in my mind of a relationship that really works when, when nobody's really worried about who gets the credit for things and people just work hard to try and drive the water up to take all the boats with it. I think of things like day by day, and I think of things like through these doors where Midco is intimately involved and the Midco staff that travel with our athletic programs and are kind of embedded in our programs. I think it's really a neat thing. And I think the uh, the beneficiary of all of that are our fans. And I think the the content that is made available to them and the the inside knowledge that they get, again, really helps us from a fan development standpoint and a business development standpoint. So all good in year one and things we got to get better at and grow here moving forward. But uh, I think we're really happy with the early returns. I think uh, I will be interested to see what Alex thinks from his end from from the Midco side. But 
I'll, I'll say this. The one thing that's great about going through a process like we had to with both um, iHeart and Midco was you could hit a refresh button on so- certain things. And if you do it right, you're probably never looking at the contract. I'll be honest with you. I mean, I, mean, I think you're having awesome communication all the time because it, there's a lot of give and take, there's a lot of flow that goes on in this world that we live in, in this multimedia rights world. And 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 ultimately, certainly from a streaming standpoint, and a lot of different things can happen. But uh, I, I think we're all in it to, again, rise everybody. So um, Alex, I don't know. I mean, have you seen anything over the last year? You've been around it now a while, but um, and, and then honestly looking forward to. I think you both touched on all the points that we see as well, how this year it was, it was a different year. I mean, this was our 11th year covering UND athletics in a partnership with Midco sports and the university, but it felt like year one, you know, I think we were revising what our goals were, you know, for covering UND sports across the board, um, what we were capable of, what we were allowed to do. And, and I think that like Jody used that word embedded. I think that's been our philosophy from the start, but this year it was, it felt like you were more. So there was, there was more buy-in more back and forth, you know, more, um, collaboration between parties. And and that was exciting. It was fun to get a chance to do, A, to do more live games. You know, we covered UND soccer for the first time with an investment in fiber out to Bronson Field. And we were able to go, you know, take football on the road. We had never been able to do that before outside of the Dakotas. Now we're doing games from Macomb and, and from, you know, Carbondale and different places that we'd never been to before. And like you said, all this goes back to trying to serve the fans, you know, serve the fans, the families of these student athletes that might not get to every game you know, to be able to provide the content and, and tell the stories of these young men and women. That's what we're passionate about. And it, it was really fun to get to be a part of that in this new era of a partnership with the university and Midco sports. Yeah. And like Jody said too, things to work on. And obviously there were different times when you, you'd kind of look back and think, what did we do that as well as we could, or, or what could we do better to elevate this particular team or, or those sorts of things. But the great thing is it's a, it's a partnership that's going to continue over the next couple of years. So we're excited for what's to come. Certainly. And those things have already started, right? There's been an yeah. email chain, I think, that all of us have been involved with on things like, uh, what do we do with the desk and the set for pre-games and intermissions? And where's the best location? And uh, all those things, right? So it uh, it's awesome to be sitting here on March 28th and know that uh, the wheels of preparation are already moving and we're, we're looking ahead at next year. And Boy, I, I tell you what, like I'd put our broadcasts up against anybody. When you talk about our pre-game shows and our uh, the analysts that are sitting at our desk at pregame and intermission and obviously the talent that we've got doing play-by-play and color and the production quality from a camera standpoint and a video standpoint, it uh, doesn't take you long to beat around uh, beat around the World Wide Web and stream other games and other venues and look at other situations and be darn thankful for what we have. So I think we're in a pretty good spot. Yeah, fascinating. You're right, Jode. We're we're here not even in April at this point. And think about literally where we were last March at this stage of the game. We knew it was going to be tough. It was going to be a tough turn. So we kept saying it was going to be year zero in this uh, scenario so that then we can kind of clean up some stuff along the way. And I feel like that's where we're headed at this stage. It is easy to forget that there was no <laughs> there was no agreement between parties this was all still like up in the air at this point and and it was throughout the spring and so it is funny yep how how quickly things came together and 
And uh, that's just a credit, yeah, to the people involved on, on every side, all, all of the different parties working together well to make things go smoothly in, in year zero, as Bill said. And that bodes well, I think, for what's to come. So speaking of which, REA always has summer projects. The Betty always has things that, that are improved and updated in the quote unquote off season. Jody, what are some things you're looking at doing now this spring and summer to continue to make those facilities the best in the country? Yeah, we, uh, you know what, we got guys coming in next week. We're going to finish off uh, a big project for us that went last summer and through the fall in our, our weight room and our ice level project. We're going to put up all of our branding and graphics that'll be part of that project to kind of tie a bow around it. And and then we move into we move into the Betty. You know, we're going to see some things in the Betty here this summer. We're going to do uh, some new seating uh, configurations on both the north and the south ends of the court. Uh, with a mind there that we can clear court and provide more practice space for our student athletes quicker and more frequently and try and create a hospitality area to try and improve the fan experience for our fans in the Betty. And we're going to do some things like uh, a fueling station or a nutrition station for our student athletes in the Betty, our men's and women's basketball programs and our volleyball program, and try and get those things done this summer. And then you'll see us take on some other projects that maybe. Uh, aren't quite as sexy, but certainly important things like parking lot lights, right? We've played 22 seasons here and time for us to improve uh, parking lot lighting outside to improve safety for our fans and try and provide a good experience for them and some infrastructure needs and things that we have to do to uh, continue to provide the type of fan experience that we want. So you won't see, uh, you won't see a ton of uh, new changes in the Ralph this summer. Uh, you'll notice some changes when you walk into the Betty in the fall that we'll make over there to try and improve that fan experience. And then in the Ralph, you're going to see lots of little things. You're going to you're going to see some changes in our concession area. We're going to try and do some things to uh, try and minimize lines and improve that fan experience. Our our kind of theme this summer is we're uh, we're going to go to war with lines. We're going to try and go to war with lines, whether you're waiting in line to get into the building or you're waiting in line to get something at concessions. We're going to try and make some improvements and some changes there to try and improve the fan experience by minimizing the amount of time people are waiting for things or waiting to get into the venue. And and uh, those will be some of the, the things that fans will notice and see when they walk in next year. Follow-up question uh, about next year as well. Um, certainly, that's kind of the infrastructural type of things. I know there's a lot of emails flying around right now about scheduling and uh, you know what that's going to look like. And so just give us a little thumbnail sketch right now of some of the things we know for sure, and then maybe some of the things that we're still kind of working on. Well, I tell you what, our, our hockey schedule next year is awesome. Like, I think it's... Uh... She's leaked out some of the uh, some of the corners. I think some of it's been published already. Our non-conference schedule, mm -hmm. um, by my count, like I think we're going to play uh, twenty-four home games next year on the men's hockey side. Ten of those home games are going to be against teams that participated in the NCAA tournament. So almost half of our home games are going to be against teams that uh, just took part in the tournament. Plus, we got Alaska Fairbanks going that missed it by decimal points based on pairwise, right? They're coming in for a series. We got a great start to the year. Like the month of October is going to be fantastic with our home opener, soon followed by the icebreaker tournament where uh, the Black Knights from Army West Point are going to come in on Friday night 
and play in the icebreaker tournament against North Dakota. And then Wisconsin's going to play North Dakota on Saturday night as part of that event. So we get uh, Army here on Friday night, which will be great. We're looking at creating some military uh, options there for veterans and our service people. And then we get a great old time uh, rival right in Wisconsin and we'll encourage everybody to bring their water bottle and get ready for that one. That'll be a fun one. We follow that up with uh, the Gophers are here the next weekend, right? Mm -hmm. We bring Minnesota in here for two in October. So that'll be fantastic. And that's followed the following weekend by Mankato. So you talk about a gauntlet for our hockey team at the start of the year. We're going to play Army and then there'll be Wisconsin with their new coach. And I'm certain there'll be a revitalized uh, mindset there. Follow it up with Minnesota and Mankato and then go to BU. So we got three weekends in a row where uh, the guys are going to play six games against teams who all took part in the NCAA tournament. It's a fantastic schedule next year. and Really excited about that. And our volleyball tournament's locked in for September, so we're excited about that. Coach Tupac's done a great job getting three other teams in for a multi-team event. So volleyball schedule looks good, and uh, basketball non-conference schedule is coming together rapidly, which is uh, really good. And we all know the Summit League for volleyball and men's and women's basketball is going to be as competitive as ever. So really looking ahead to next year. I think we got a great schedule for all the athletic programs and going to be another fun one. Yeah, inclusive of that is six home football games as well. So, so yeah. there's just a lot of uh, neat things to look forward to. And, uh, you know, it's it's funny how the light light switch flips, right? That, so the ticketed events kind of go away. And then, Jody, you just go straight into uh, let's figure out what I can get done while games are not going on. Yeah, it, uh, I always say in our business, so you guys are all the same given the, the cycle of it. I think we're a little bit like farming, right? Like you have to do all of the work here now all summer so that you can harvest from September through March, right? Like it, uh, I have some neighbors who say to me, well, what do you do? Do you go to work in the summer? Like with no games, you, you work full time? What What's your life like in the summer? And I always joke and say, hey, I, it's, it's a different busy, but I think it's busier, right? When you're talking now, uh, everything we're focused on now is how do we renew tickets and how do we do that? How do we renew sponsorship and all the sales part of suites and clubs and tickets and all of the concessions deals and the other things we're involved with? So um, I think the summer, while certainly different maybe than the event season, that is a different type of busy. I, I think you uh, I think you make your hay here during the summer and have to put yourself like a team does to to be successful when the games start in the fall. Well, there's always a clock. It feels like it's ticking down, right? I mean, you know, you've got until like mid-August and then you better have all those projects done at some stage or else you're going to be into the 12-month calendar cycle because that'll happen next year. Yeah, and it uh, you know it as well as I do, Bill. It seems uh, it seems like from the 4th of July to Labor Day is about six days. <laughs> Hit the 4th of July and it's just a drag race then, right, to Labor Day and it, it is. Uh, summer goes quick. No doubt. We used to always joke in this office that Independence Day was the end of summer. Once you pass that mark, it's the fall. Fall's already here. And that that is it in your world, in world as well, certainly. I, I agree with you. Last quick question. So obviously the hockey games went on this past weekend. We'll be looking ahead to, to Tampa now. What's your thoughts uh, as far as what your eyes saw, Jody? And what do you, what do you think down in Tampa? 
Oh, good question. Um, I, I think there's going to be some great games. Like I think it's, uh, I think there's uh, there's a lot of uh, highly skilled teams involved, and I'm kind of looking forward to be honest to see. Uh, I think both are a little bit different. Like that Michigan Quinnipiac game to me will be high octane offense and young skill of Michigan against uh, older experienced defensive structure of Quinnipiac. So Quinnipiac's big, old, and heavy and play hard. Michigan's uh, going to want to turn her into a, a great game of pond hockey, right, where they're going to be flying all over the place. So that'll be a, a real interesting one. And Minnesota's loaded, as everybody knows, right? So that Minnesota-BU game will be uh, a real interesting one as well. They probably play more similar than the other two do. So that'll be, that'll be a real interesting, um, I don't know, from a prediction standpoint, I don't know if I'm smart enough to know who will win, but uh, I, uh, I come from a town of about 200 people in Northern Manitoba where one of my buddies growing up uh, now uh, lives in the Chicago area and his two sons are playing for BU. So I don't, uh, I don't really have a horse in the race, but uh, I keep in touch with him and his kids are playing. So I'll probably, uh, probably be pulling for a couple of kids with a little northern manitoba blood in them for uh, bu awesome awesome well as always uh we appreciate everything that you do uh you know with us and uh for sure it's going to be a busy busy summer but really looking forward to next year yeah thank you to both of you guys at uh great place uh great place when you think about everybody pulling on the rope together and i think that's what makes und special in my mind is Everybody's got the same goal and the same mission and uh, appreciate you having me. And I'm going to let you two uh, go battle Barstool for uh, podcast uh, superiority here. <laughs> John, Jody, good stuff, man. We appreciate you. Thanks. See you guys. Thanks. Take care, Joe. Excellent stuff as always from Jody Hodgson, who's getting set to embark on year 18 in charge of Ralph Engelstad Arena, as well as the Betty. Again, we, we say this every time. But you can't find someone better suited for that role than that man. In incredible the job that he does year in, year out. Well, it's a complete partnership. And I would say the, 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 what we need to do, uh, it, it, I, at least I believe in the chair that I sit, is it has to be incredibly seamless that anyone that walks in has no idea who works for what entity and I, that that should never be a, a, a scenario now of course we know that there's a you know there's an rea board and there's a lot of other pieces to the puzzle but as far as us putting on events and making sure it's it's the right thing for our fans uh and our student athlete and our coaches you know we just need to be as seamless as possible so literally now uh eric uh myself and Jody, and occasionally a Mike Bergeron or a Chad Karthauser, depending on who it might be, um, we're meeting on a weekly basis. Uh, that's on one side. And then Jody and Eric are running uh, meetings with uh, a number of folks from our foundation, our athletic department, and REA staff as well on a weekly basis too. So so all of those things are kind of happening you know, simultaneously because this is the time where if you can get some things done, you, the projects have to get done in this window or you punt you punt it for for 12 months. I mean that's just how it goes. And so I'm sure you all do the same thing, right? You probably look back, you look at hey, what do we want to do this upcoming year? If it doesn't work out, you kind of go back to what you did last year because for whatever reason it just may not have worked out.
That sounds very similar to our world. Yes, it, it is that that small window of time. And we and the same thing. Obviously, athletics still has things going on in the spring and summer. The facilities do as well. And we do too. There's there, you know, summer programming, et cetera. There's a lot of kind of one-off events, rodeo, track and field meets that pop up now and then. You know, there, There's stuff. But yeah, it is that opportunity to sit back just for that small window and think, what can we accomplish in the next three or four months before things really do start to ramp up again and, and things get crazy. And so, uh, but yeah, it's fun to hear some of the projects that are in place that are going on at the facilities. Awesome to hear about the schedule. I know some people probably already know because as Jody mentioned, it's out there. The internet's a big place and you know things happen, but it is really exciting to think about what is coming down the pike. And even though the season has just ended now for our winter sports and spring sports still have a lot, you know, a lot of runway left to go before they wrap up, but um, it won't be long before the fall is back and we'll be rolling with all of these sports again and the excitement that comes with that. It's exciting. Obviously the amount of eyes on certainly our hockey program. I think the, you know, when, when a goal goes in and you lose in overtime and you know, the season uh, has concluded uh, you're literally, literally saying, okay, let's go. Next year has started. And it's and you're ready to to roll, and that's I think how you have to approach it. I mean, you stay in the moment at that point in time. If the if the goal goes in for us, and we go on to play CC on Saturday night, well, of course you're 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 trying to make a run at that point, so you stay completely in the moment. But you know, once once that um, once you know you're done, you gotta you gotta flip that script pretty pretty fast. And I, and I would say administratively, you're always kind of putting a list together of certain things that, you know, you're seeing along the way that maybe can be addressed or discussed. Um, not, not even so much. Uh, it doesn't have to be, you know, game uh, experience standpoint. It could also be, you know, programmatically, what are some of the things that maybe we could or should talk about to alter, to try to get ourselves, um, you know, to a better, better spot for the next year. So let's just say, you know, we're, we're maybe hoisting something. To that point, I thought Brad Berry had a great quote about that process, the off-season process, prior to the frozen face-off. Someone asked in one of the press conferences, you know, how do you approach this program knowing, yeah, you know, any, any moment can be your last and you know you're going to have potentially some players leaving with, you know, uh, pro opportunities. We've seen that, of course. And, how, you know, how do you get ready essentially for the offseason when you don't know when it's going to happen? And he said, you know, we we prepare months in advance for this. Like we've already had conversations with guys about who's maybe going to come back for a fifth year, who's going to turn pro, who's potentially going to transfer. We, we've had those conversations already. You know, we're not thinking about them now because our focus is on the game, but we're aware we have a structure in place and we kind of have an idea this player is probably going to do this. This player is probably going to do that. And we're prepared for those scenarios. And I think the, and we've seen that play out now as we sort of get into the weeds of what's going on around University of North Dakota athletics. There have been a number of guys who obviously have had opportunities to go and sign and advance their careers on the ice. And it's been awesome to see that. And there are guys who have decided, yeah, we're coming back. We're going to continue on. You know, Reese Gaber and Judd Caulfield announcing this past week that we're going to, you know, for Reese, it's his fourth year. For Judd, it's his fifth. But we're not ready to leave Grand Forks just yet. There's some unfinished business for us to do. So it's been fun to see. I know everybody's living and dying with every Brad Schlossman update of what's happening from a day-to-day -day basis in the transfer portal and what's who's who's signing and who's coming back. But the offseason for college hockey, this initial push now, especially with the portal, 
is kind of unlike any other. This is such a busy, exciting time. You know, you don't know what teams will look like next year around the league, around the country, even though summer's still playing. Once your season ends, the dominoes start to fall. For North Dakota, they've been a lot of positive dominoes the last week and a half. Yeah, so Alex, very fair. Yeah, I was in that... uh presser when uh, that question was asked and uh, I thought I thought Brad answered it you know tremendously I I would say this um I've talked to a number of our guys let's just say even on the hockey side but but this would go to any student athlete I, I would I would discuss with honestly it would go to any student it would go to any staff member options are great in life and and that's what I ultimately say to any of them hey you know what you know you're in a pretty good space when you have multiple options. And so therefore, once the season ends, certainly on the hockey side, such a scramble. I mean, it's it's really, and I think we've kind of put in, uh, you know, we took out the year in residency in those sports that we've discussed on the pod multiple times, the five sports, but that has just added kind of another layer to this to some degree. And so, you know, Coach Barry and I will go over the year at some point, but right now, like literally it's about making sure that you're doing right by the student athletes that are currently on your roster. And then potentially what holes you need to fill coming in. And so that is an all day, every day venture for that coaching staff right now. And so, so we'll get to what we need to get to eventually on some other items, but the most important thing, of course, is your roster, right? So at the end of the day, that's what they're completely focused on. And that's what they should be focused on. They've got 150 plus athletes in the transfer portal right now that uh, the majority of which would probably like to play at North Dakota. So you're sifting through and you're doing your due diligence and making phone calls and watching film and going through that process. It's it's a busy time for that group. And we know they will add some people in the transfer portal just based on the roster construct you would imagine. There'll probably be a goalie coming in, probably some veteran defensemen, maybe a veteran center or those sorts of things. But I think this this staff has done a good job of identifying people who are good culture fits from the, you know, guy, we've, we've seen people go on to have really, you know, Connor Ford was a one-year guy who became a captain in the second half of his season. Chris Jandrick had two years and went from being a guy that wasn't playing hockey because of the pandemic with Alaska Fairbanks and how that program went to being a first-team all-conference defenseman is now signed with Buffalo and is going to play AHL hockey right away. It's The success rate's been pretty good. So you, you got to think that they'll do a good job of identifying those players who can come in and, and help this team right away and continue to add to the tradition. Now that this is the third off-season where the transfer portal is what it is, and you said that there's no your penalty when you transfer, et cetera. Just your thoughts on how this is working. Do you feel like it's been successful? Is this been a positive change specifically for this sport, Bill? As we continue to go forward, we're going to have data in whatever data is. But I think it's a it's actually an individual experience. And so I, I think, you know, like anything in life, if you make it a decision to move on from something, um, you probably will reflect back five years from now, whether or not that was maybe the right or wrong decision to make. I think in the moment, all of us, I think, make the decision thinking it's the best thing for us moving forward. Now, you could also look back and say, hey, maybe I was in a better spot you know, originally than I realized while I was there. But sometimes that's just 
maturity. That's just sometimes wisdom that you have because then you lived the next four or five years. So I, you know, I, 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 and we've said this before too, I was always a little perplexed why five sports were taken out of the mix when the rest of the sports never had that issue per se, where the year in residency uh, was not a requirement. I, I think it's fine. I mean, the transfer portal has been kind of labeled that is, as it's maybe it's bad or whatever. I, It's a mechanism. I, that's it. It's trying to be as transparent as possible to, for the student's sake and the program's sake. Because at some point, let's face facts, Alex, if someone doesn't necessarily think this is the best spot for them and they want to move on, they should be able to do that. But at the same token, you got to be fair to the place that's currently here because the program's bigger than any one person. That has to move on too. That's well said. And that's a good reminder. Again, every individual has different circumstances in their lives. It's not a blanket thing that this is bad for everyone or this is good for everyone. And some individuals are, I'll say some folks are better suited in sometimes a one-year situation, a two-year, a three-year. Some are okay in a five-year situation, but not everyone, not everyone. And so, you know, sometimes coming in, playing a role, getting in and getting out, sometimes could be a positive. Now, having said all of that, of course, you want your um, your locker room up, we'll call it in, 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 in hockey right now. I think you want a majority uh, of your students that have been there for a period of time so that I'll call it in the Montessori education way that you can you can ultimately have the older the older students, you know, talk and teach the younger ones, right? I mean, that's kind of the thought process. But it doesn't mean that someone can't come in, even on an on a. We've seen it in Major League Baseball, right? Like someone could come in uh, at the trade deadline and be the absolute perfect person that you need to get you over the hump. And so you don't know how it's all going to play out. So I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm ambivalent on the transfer portal. Like I don't. It doesn't. That it doesn't do much for me. I just. It's a mechanism. That's all it is. And it, I, I think sometimes it's been easy to kind of you know, I'll call it, be sad about it, but I don't think you need to. Now, having said that, you do have the portal. And then I do believe there's an aspect of pre-portaling. I think there's some of that going on. (laughs) And I think there's some sub-portaling going on too. And so we've got like, we've got a little bit of uh, in, in, and then I think you got to look back and there's probably a post-portal as far as how this goes. So there's, I think, relatives to the portal itself that um has been interesting the tampering bill i believe is what you're referring I to i believe that's what we're calling i'm calling pre-portaling pre the pre-portaling where now, the agent some is of connecting it, yeah. some mm-hmm. of it is generally i'll call it it's okay because it's not necessarily um being done coach to to student athlete before they're in the portal. But I do think someone probably has to have an idea. If I'm just a student, generally speaking, I probably, depending on what my goals are, I probably would want to know, you know, do I have a market out there for someone to want to pick me up? Mm -hmm. So that's the one thing that probably is still needs to be vetted through in some way, shape or form. You can always get better with things, right? The, The process can always be better. And the other thing is, Alex, 
is the timing correct? Are the windows correct right now? I felt like in football, I still think we need to really look at that because it was like postseason was happening, signing day was happening, all of a sudden portal entries are happening. It's like, holy cow, you're stacking everything up that you could ever do, um, and it's all like in a week. And so I feel for it's the all coaches. all December. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So I still think there's dates to be worked out in all of this, but generally I, I'm supportive of it. I, I, I'm okay. Yeah, very good. Uh, one other hockey note before we move on. The staff of University of North Dakota, mm. very busy mm. this past weekend at the Fargo Regional hosting that again. That is a huge labor-intensive process, and it looked like it went off without a hitch once again. It's a, uh, it's a heavy, heavy lift. That's what I will tell you. And uh, um, the folks, if, you, if you're on social media, there was an awesome photo at, at Center Ice of all of our folks that um, that participated. But uh, Eric Martinson was the tournament director, and uh, he did a tremendous job. And I know Shields Arena has done a, a wonderful job. And, you know, we've done it multiple times down there, and it seems like we're kind of, in a sense, on the every other year um, sequence. But it's a lift. It's a lift. I mean, uh, you know, our, our, basically a good majority of our staff and a good chunk of Jody's staff goes down and, uh, and really they're there for the week. And, uh, you know, right when the selections show is, 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 uh, announced the teams on that Sunday evening, those teams are coming in on Tuesday. And so you've got to greet them. You've got to get them organized. All of a sudden skates are happening, you know, on Wednesday, boom, you're playing on Thursday. If you're on a Thursday, Saturday schedule. And then, uh, you know, so there's a lot going on and, uh, and really you don't know the teams until Sunday night. And so there's some things you can do all the way up to that, but then you need to know who's actually going to be coming to your regional. So all that to be said, uh, team did unbelievable. I mean, really, really good, really proud of it. It's, it's a big, it's a big, um, bump for our program. Obviously we would have loved to have been there, right. Playing. Um, we weren't, uh, got it. Uh, we'd like to be there the next time, but at the end of the day, um, you know, it's, it's awesome for our program to know that, you know, we are, uh, willing, I guess to 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 expend the the resources and in this case uh, uh, human resources and human capital to make sure that we give our program the best chance possible um, should we be in the postseason. The next time will be in 2025 when UND will host again in Fargo and you get to host the Frozen Four the next year in Vegas in 2026, which again is a long way off. So no need to worry about this just yet. But talk about a big lift that will be, I'm sure. A massive lift to try and pull off that in a different state. But again, things for the future. Things the future, Bill, will get a chance to tackle uh, in three years' time. And next year, uh, it'll the regionals will uh, go back to Sioux Falls, Sioux Falls, and Omaha will be the uh, uh, they will be uh, the host. And they were they and their team were up in Grand, uh, in, excuse me, in Fargo, and um, you know, kind of making sure that. You know, just dotting eyes, crossing T's, taking some notes. You, you can never, you can never have enough notes, right? On on how certain places do some certain things, but uh, no doubt that they'll do a, a wonderful job. And, and Sioux Falls will do a great job with it as well. Just because we're on this every year around this time, there is that conversation about: Is this the right structure for the NCAA postseason? Is it okay that we have neutral sites? 
do we need to think about going back to host venues, etc.? I think we saw this weekend that the the quote unquote neutral site can work when you've got local teams and passionate fans around. And we saw that in Fargo, sold out crowds, everything. We had three Minnesota schools, so it was drivable for all those teams. Great atmosphere there. Same story in Allentown. You had Penn State hosting. They make the regional final, sold out crowds there. Bridgeport, same story. Quinnipiac's right down the road. They win the whole thing. That worked out pretty good. Manchester, not so much. So you went three for four in terms of great buy-in. But obviously, that's kind of year to year. You 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 need to have the teams that are hosting to be there. What are you, what are your thoughts? Yeah. So so couple things. I was talking to Eric about this kind of in the in the debrief to some degree. We're only year two, where we've got the um the day in between. So I do think with like a Penn State winning, a Quinnipiac winning, uh, a Minnesota winning, right, playing St. Cloud. If you're if you're not there on Thursday, you can actually make a decision. If you're drivable and you have all day Friday to make that decision to go to a Saturday game or same on Friday or Sunday, I think that's a sneaky thing that maybe has helped the regional finals, possibly. Um, Last year, we saw because Denver was making a run and Loveland looked good. Um, Albany, where we were, not so much. Not so much. Not so much in Albany. That wasn't great. Um, And so... Yeah, I don't know what to say, Alex. I think it's it's simple to say if we are at host venues, I feel like it's closer to 95% that you'll have awesome atmosphere. It could be as high as 100%. Who knows, right? But it's a little trickier when it comes to the um, non-home sites because – You know, you can argue, right, if North Dakota is playing in Fargo or if Quinnipiac's playing in Bridgeport, and and again, as you mentioned, Penn State playing in Allentown, uh, Denver in Loveland, you know, is it really neutral? I mean, I'm not sure that's the right term. It's probably non, it's probably non- non uh, Non-campus, non-campus site. site. Yeah. So I don't know. I I, I think it is a year-by-year proposition and you got to get a little lucky. Two, if Quinnipiac gets bounced in the first round, does it look like that, you know, on Sunday? I don't know. I don't know. If, uh, you know, I, it seemed like St. Well, Cloud um, in Minnesota, I mean, obviously with Mankato there, it, you're probably going to have a pretty good regional there, I think, to some degree. And so, yeah, that one worked out. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I know I think Brad Schlossman's on to, you know, he 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 would like to see campus sites for sure. I think he's beat beat that drum for a bit. Now, when it's not good, it's not good. It's not good. Mm-hmm. That's probably maybe ultimately the issue is what's the downside? Um, and there's a way better chance of non-campus sites having downside. It's easy to kind of forget sometimes the great atmosphere is because you remember the empty building, like watching Denver and Western Michigan, you know, in those first round games in Manchester, it was like, there's nobody there. And it was again, the exact same story for UND last year in Albany, those atmospheres that are so dead. It's a tough, it's a, it's, it's hard for the student athletes. You feel bad that their experience is tainted a bit. Let me ask you this question because I, I put on your, your media hat then at this point in time, why are we playing on Thursday afternoon? 
<laughs> That's, that is a very good question. Thursday at two o'clock, not a great time for any, for anybody to watch on television or to actually make it to the game. Yeah. Why aren't, why, you know, on the Thursday, would it be the worst that we had games going on simultaneously? I suppose the big issue would be that if you've got a doubleheader yep. and if you decided to scoot the first game back to five four, o'clock, four or five, four o'clock, four or sure. five o'clock, and that game goes to overtime. I think that's where the issue comes in and you get a two, even if it's not necessarily a UND Duluth five overtime ridiculous thing that will, you know, the chances of that happening obviously are minimal to say the least. But if you get a double overtime game and that game stretches to be three and a half hours, four hours, and your nightcap now doesn't start till nine o'clock or nine 30, whatever that works out. Does that become a, a disadvantage that you're not starting? You could be playing till 1230, you know, one o'clock. At least you have the day off. Yeah. The day true. between that'd be the big thing. Uh, it, which, which is really good because at the end of the day, it's really a day and a half, right? Like mm-hmm. you have that full day on Friday. Let's say it's a Thursday game. You have the full day Friday. You're not playing probably until when? At earliest, depending on the deal, five o'clock, four o'clock. So you got a day and a half. So you you do have recovery time. Watching March Madness this year on the men's basketball side and the women's basketball side, for that matter. Obviously, all three of these, if you look at these three winter championships going on concurrently, very different models. You know, women's hoops, those first two rounds, you're, you're going to a host site. The top seeds are hosting those games. Then you're going to a regional that's a, a neutral area. Men's are obviously neutral all the way through in much bigger venues. And then college hockey, you have sort of this kind of unique cross between the two. We are going to smaller places. Yeah. It's a hybrid model. It's just interesting. Could you take <laughs> the best of all of these things? Well, what could you do to improve? I think the hockey is the one where it needs to improve. I think the men's basketball, obviously, crazy attendance. You're playing games at 10 a.m. in the morning. Does not matter. Packed house. Great atmosphere. Women's hoops, same thing. I think great atmospheres for these games, for those host cities. And then certainly we saw this this past weekend in the regionals. Things have been good. Hockey needs to change a little bit, though, I think. Women's hoops had to do that. Women's hoops had to do that. They, I was at Baylor at the time where we were making the tournament consistently. And it was neutral sites in those first rounds. You talk about student-athlete experience. There is no experience. I mean, it. what, what it was was just cold and completely stale environment. I mean, that is a tough, tough way to go and play, right? I mean, it's just in a championship, so to speak. So I think they made the right decision. I I don't know. I think I've come down to hockey. Why are we doing that Thursday afternoon? Uh, And again, time zone wise, you can still play, let's just call it four and seven or four and seven thirty or four and thirty minutes afterwards, whatever the deal is. And it's always it's it's gonna be a little bit different depending on the time zone. If you've got a Loveland involved, if you get more Western based yep. opportunity or at least one Western based opportunity, one in the central time zone, that's right, and two in the east, you can stagger those things. And especially when you've got two regionals on Thursday, two on Friday. You can do some things to yeah. make that conducive to get more people in the building. But I, I think you're right, though. I think just when it doesn't work, it's it's not great. And you wish there was a way to guarantee that you don't have the the floor be so low every year. And there's always that possibility. Every year, you could have a pretty low floor in, in two or three of your regionals, depending on where they are. What's tricky, Alex, what's really tricky 
is if you went to places that regardless they were selling out, that would be one thing, but it doesn't feel that way. And it just feels like we need more in the rotation to some degree to provide, you know, a a different experience or opportunity. So the pod hasn't figured it out yet. (laughs) And and no one has. I think that's the thing. But it it was at least good to see that things worked out in three of the four this year. And you you hope that can can be a continuation. And last thing, we'll talk about all sports later. I mean, at at some stage, another pod. We we just, we went down a rabbit hole. We've got logged. And it's all good. But we we need to do a quick flip at some point in time. Help me with this one. This is a question for for you. And I, I didn't know the answer. So... Liz and I were walk, watching uh, the Michigan game, and they thought they scored, but they ended up not scoring. But the play went on, and then the review took place about two minutes later. And the question I have is, it looked like Penn State was going to score in that. And then I asked Eric – my resident expert of, well, what happens if Penn state scores during that two minutes and then they come back and they say that Michigan has scored. And he says it actually happened once. I think he said it was air force and somebody else. And why wouldn't that goal count for Penn state too? Like, like, like it would seem to me that you should kill the play then at that stage of the game. If you didn't know if that went in or not, or you're questioning it, because you had two situations occurring. Quinnipiac did score, and it wasn't called, but both hands went up. You know, both <laughs> one kid was right and one kid was wrong. So just because <laughs> hands go up doesn't mean you scored. Mm-hmm. So where do you fall on that? Oh boy. Well, well, we've seen this happen in soccer too. Like this is this has been a thing that has popped up in that realm as well, where you've got action on one end. And perhaps there's a foul or a penalty call and then the play continues and then there's a goal at the other. And traditionally, yeah, you go back to sort of the first thing that happens that could potentially end the play and then it kills whatever else happens after the fact because you rewind the soccer. You don't rewind the clock, but in hockey, you would set the clock back to when the infraction happened or the goal happened. Yeah, I think honestly, it's it's hard to say. Do you do the thing where all right, we need to stop play right now and figure out what just happened? Or do you allow play, kind of the NFL model, the football model, let's allow the play to continue and then we'll go back and revisit. It's hard in a continuous sport where you don't get a down that will automatically stop and you get a natural break to take a view. You don't get that in basketball, in hockey, in soccer. So, I mean, yeah, I would say in this scenario, if the goal for Michigan was a goal, but play continued and Penn State scored... I mean, it'd be really hard to say, well, the Penn State goal shouldn't count because they scored fair and square and we just can, and we can give the goal to Michigan too and we play on. But that also feels wrong because then if Michigan has felt like they've scored, has your mindset changed and you've switched off and you're arguing about the goal counting and you would not have allowed the goal because the circumstances have changed? It's hard to say. Correct. And I agree with all that you just said, but it would be interesting then if it was that close then just blow the whistle and review it then yeah probably we need we need goal line technology bill isn't there a happy medium <laughs> there should be i'm just trying to help the game at this point in time hypothetically i know someone on the rules committee so they <laughs> someone could bring it 
to the rules committee and really discuss, are we good with this if this happens? I think the right thing would probably be to blow it dead. If it was that close, I think you kill the play right there. And I agree. You don't have you don't have this issue moving forward. That's but. that that would be my solution to it. I th- I think you blow it dead because I just there's other thing. Well, we're not even going to get into whether it's a penalty and all this other stuff that could happen. That that's a whole different story. Yeah. But I agree with you too. The soccer one's always interesting. It's right. I, and I get it. There's an advantage, right? Especially in soccer. Mm-hmm. Like you, 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 if you feel like you're going to take someone's opportunity away to go score on a two on one or whatever, I kind of get that, but you're right. The continuous play thing. I, and it's gotta be a feel from the official standpoint. Yeah. There's gotta be a total feel. I don't envy the people who have whistles and are wearing stripes. It's tough. That's a tough, that's a tough role when you're figuring those things out in real time, as we say, and and seasons are on the line. Continuous game. game. Yep. No doubt about it. Flip to the B side real quick. Yeah, really quick. The big things obviously on the agenda right now are the fact that baseball starts in full on Thursday. Opening day is coming up. Is there a little buzz? Bill, how are you feeling moving into opening day with the Sox? I've watched the Red Sox a little bit. Um, I, I, I can stay. I can say this to you: is I love the rule changes. Hmm. When I say love them, I love them. Now the differential <laughs> is um, nobody on base, fifteen second pitch clock. Someone on base, twenty second pitch clock. Um, Kenley Jansen will have a big problem with fifteen seconds. Just saying. <laughs> I think the Red Sox will be interesting to watch. That's all I'll say. And, and I'm going to, I'm staying with this. If Tristan Cassis can have a big year, I believe they will be okay. They're going to be better than they were last year. Have to be, but I think they will be okay. I do. I think Yoshida actually is pretty good. Um, so I, I think they're going to be all right. The other thing that's going to be fascinating is Duvall playing center right now. Mm, he's okay. But at the end of the day, I think he could bring, put Kike back in center if Mondesi gets healthy. And, and Mondesi is, I think, a plus defender. So if you bring, you put Kike, who's really good in center, back to center field. And, and Kike is an unbelievable athlete. To be able to play center field in shortstop in the major yeah. leagues, I mean, think about that for a second. <laughs> yeah. He's great, by the way. He's been one of our, fa- I mean, our favorite Red Sox the last couple of years since. Hard not board. to. He's great. Yeah, I, I like, great guy. And I think, you know, unfortunately, he's one of the lower, would be the one of the lower rated shortstops, of course, because I, I know it's he's not kind his position. Of, correct. I think he <laughs> he's kinda, an outfielder. He likens himself to be, I think, an infielder, I think, but he's just an athlete. He's an athlete and he's unbelievable in the outfield. So um, I think we get him back there at some point. Then I think we're generally okay. I, I don't like Duvall and Yoshida in the outfield together. Hmm. So could be an adventure. Could be. Yeah. Could, could be. be. Pitching, who knows? Sale looks okay right now. So that's good. Um bullpen to be determined. As always, right? To be determined. Well, they open with a, a what seven games at home in a row. They start with the Orioles on Thursday. So I don't think we see. beat them last year, did we? Uh, it was it was rough last year. And according to the latest like preseason power polls, which you can take into whatever you want, you know, Sox are picked to finish last in the East. I mean, all the teams in the East should be good. People are saying Baltimore is much better. Obviously, Tampa is always good. The Yankees are always good. The Blue Jays have, have obviously had a ton of talent in that system. So it won't be easy. But I'm excited. I am excited to see how this goes. Uh, there's a little optimism with, as you said, Bill, can't be worse. 
And it's fun that baseball will be back. I think that's the big thing. In general, whether or not your team is good or not, it is fun when April 1, or in this case, March 30, rolls around and you get to see the guys take the field and the bunting is out, spring's here. It just There are just good feels that come with that. So I'm excited. No doubt. Last thing before we end our extra long pod today, uh, your manager is gone. We've been hinting at this for a long time, but Antonio Conte officially, quote unquote, mutually parted ways with Tottenham Hotspur this past week after a press conference in which I want to quote this because this is what he said after a 3-3 draw the other day when they were up 3-1 against one of the worst teams in the league. We are 11 players that go into the pitch. I see selfish players. I see players that don't want to help each other and don't put their hearts. Before today, I prefer to hide this situation and try to speak to improve the spirit, the situation with words. The most important thing, if you want to become a strong team, if you want to be competitive, if you want to fight, is the desire, the fire that you need. We do not have that fire. <laughs> and then he proceeded to call out the culture of the team and the management and the ownership and all down the list. And it was literally like, this guy's begging to be fired. And it happened to come. Well, it took about a week, but eventually, eventually there was a parting of the ways. Your thoughts, Bill, about this situation? Yeah, I think they were just trying to figure out the contractual piece so that they could separate with them because his contract was up at the end of the year anyway. So, or at the end of the soccer year, it's only a few more weeks. So I, who knows what they agreed to, but, um, but I saw him on a, uh, uh, a post, uh, I think it was a Twitter post uh, on the plane to Italy. And I said, he'll never be back in North London. I mean, that's for sure. But I, so here's how I'd respond to that. The pod has a lot of good tenants, but uh, here's one for you. One of the directors of human resources that I worked with at another institution once said, I never, never judge anyone on their entrance to the university. I do upon their exit. Mm. So you can take that and just say, that's what you got with Antonio Conte. So he was going to light it on fire. Whatever he was going to do, he was going to blowtorch it because that's who he is. That's so, who he is. you know, and again, I, I, it's interesting, you know, there's fascinating what they ended up doing. I don't think any of the pundits had his longtime right-hand man taking over on an interim basis. Like that was interesting. Now, my guess is, he is 180 degrees different than him because the, you do need what a yin to a yang if you've you need been the balance. with him. Right, mm -hmm. he need a balance. And so I think for the last 10 matches, it's fine. I, I think those guys, I, they probably don't disrupt it too, too much as you're trying to play those last 10 matches. And then I think you kind of figure out at the, that point then, where did you finish in the league? Because that'll make a difference on who – potentially would want to be the manager if they're playing conference, you know, football versus champions league, that could make a difference on someone's willingness to want to take over at white heart lane. Just a bit. Yes. So that becomes the quest. Now, can you, can you finish top four? Can you steady the ship now? Conte out. 
you would you would think that that now is is the reason why they didn't make a big move right now for a manager like, like hey we're, we're doing okay the results have not really been that bad you're it's still in position to finish in a champions league spot Good. just see it out can you just win enough games to see it out and make champions league and then bring in a julian nagelsman or whoever, whoever. you want to do that's right. whatever you want to do in the summer that seems to be the plan there's there's like five i'd say i'd say youngish type of managers that would make sense and you know as much as i would love um pochettino back because i just like him um i do think i've been convinced by by my pod pundits that Maybe it's better to go figure out who that next person is so that they can have their five-year run with the team. And uh, you're not comparing it back to your first time. And so it, it might even be too much on both sides to some degree. So I, I think it would be better if he got another opportunity somewhere else. And yeah, it could be a Nogglesman. And then they were saying someone from sporting and even the, the, the manager that took over for Graham Potter has done well, right at Brighton. Yeah, mm-hmm, so at Brighton. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I think there's four or five that would make sense, but I think they need to know where they finish this year. Um, and then go from there. But yeah, Conte, he's a pill now. I mean, that guy, he just, he lit that thing on fire and he brought a couple gas tanks with him and away you went. <laughs> and nobody really was surprised. I think that's the best part about all this. That's, that is the nature of this man. Last thing, last thing I'll end here. I don't think I heard much responsibility taken by him. No, there, there was not. No, it was kind of everybody else's problem. That was the, that was the funniest part about all this is that there was a blaming of the culture. The culture here in the club is bad. He's been there for a while now. Like you've had enough time to build the culture the way you want it to. And you've not been able to do that. So maybe some of this falls on you. Maybe, I don't know. Anytime you take on a position and you're fortunate enough to do that, the day you walk in, it's all yours. No matter what transpired before you, it is all yours. And so it's not your predecessors. History is okay. Context is okay. But everything that you do is yours at that point in time. And I don't feel like Antonio uh, ever really took that to heart. I mean, and some of these signings, a lot of them had to do with him. He likes older players, guys that have experience, guys that are in their mid thirties, <laughs> and, and he brought a lot of those guys in. And some have worked, but a lot, a lot have not. And that's why they're not challenging for a title, not winning trophies. And the reason why I believe it didn't work is because you're in a World Cup year, and so I saw Perisic that looked a lot better on Croatia than he was with Spurs at any point during the year. You know, you could say the same thing about Richarlison too. I mean, he's, he looked way better with Brazil than he has with, with uh, Tottenham. So, you know, I, I mean, part of this though, at some stage of the game, you've got to take a little responsibility and accountability. And when you take zero, eh, hard to take is too serious. Yeah. Lessons for life. Don't, don't be an Antonio Conte out there, people. Take responsibility upon your shoulders. Uh, well, I believe that, but others would argue he's made a pretty good career out of doing what he does. <laughs> if you're talking strictly financial, he has. Well, they're gonna they're gonna pay him a lot of money to not coach the team, uh, along with like five or six other managers in the last however many years. I I saw a great stat like in the last decade they've had to shell out like seventy million dollars in in severance essentially to these guys. Shout out to the price of football pod. But uh, Karen McGuire, professor at University of Liverpool, 
There you go. Um, although he's a Brighton fan, um, would say that the Spurs are one of the best run organizations for a variety of reasons. Um, their expenditures, certainly on player salaries, are not um, as a percentage of their gross income is is probably far less than a lot of other teams, if you will. So the ability to get the right person in to manage, I think they have the resources to do that. The question is, they just really haven't gotten it right post-Potch. Haven't picked the right people. Well, another opportunity this summer. And you're going to, if you're going to take on a serial winner, at the end of the day, they're also going to come with a level of uh, expectation that the club has. And if it doesn't meet those expectations, they're going to either look for an escape route or they're going to end up figuring out who can I blame? <laughs> Pick somebody young, Bill. Uh, that would be my advice. Yeah, Pick somebody I, I young agree. that doesn't come with baggage. Nagelsmann will be interesting. I, I, you know, he's. He, I mean, to be able to co- uh, you know manage out of Bayern. I mean, holy cow! And it's not like they're way out of it. I don't know what was going on there, but they're a point off a second, and they're in the Champions League quarterfinals. But that's a different story. We're not. We don't have time for that. We're not going to go down that road today. But. <laughs> Well, good luck on the search. Happy opening day, Bill. Good stuff from Jody as well. Really fun pod today. As yeah, always. we'll we'll see in a couple of weeks. Uh, we've got to figure out that date, and we will, and uh, we'll get another special guest on. It'll be great. Excellent. Cannot wait. Congrats again to the UND Athletics Department for a successful Fargo Regional. Best of luck to all of the spring teams. Again, tennis and outdoor track and field and golf and football with their spring wrap-up coming up on April the 8th. A ton of stuff we didn't get to because we got sidetracked, but Awesome stuff. Fightinghawks.com, your place to go to learn more about this. For Bill, for Jody, for our behind-the-scenes crew as well, Kelsey and Paul and Alec, I'm Alex. Thanks again for listening. Have a great spring. We'll talk to you soon.